here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rat Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott are back here in the offseason, grinding it out. We're going to touch base again on uh, the rookies, round two. This time, we actually get to talk about some running backs. You know, it, it definitely was a wide receiver heavy draft going back and, and looking. Definitely, that was the position that seemed to be the deepest, and, and we will get into that. But yes, you'll finally touch base on the running back position and look to uh, look to see if these players are going to affect your team's long-term in a redraft, a dynasty, best ball, whatever situation you're in. But we do have a total of 10 rookies to talk about in the second round that are position players that are fantasy football relevant, that are possibly guys to you know fill out your roster or, or could be a league winner uh, here in the second round. Wouldn't be the first time that happened, right, Pat? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these guys, you know, especially with the running back position, it doesn't seem like teams are are drafting running backs really, really high anymore. I mean, I think Saquon Barkley was the last guy who I can remember being uh, drafted in the, like the top five at the running back position. I think teams are starting to realize and general managers are starting to realize that this is a passing league. And, and you know, that's why you see a lot of these wide receivers going high and a lot of these quarterbacks, obviously, like you saw uh, in the, the 2021 draft with you know, uh, three quarterbacks being drafted in the first three picks. That's just kind of, you know, the new NFL. So I feel bad for running backs. I feel, I feel like, uh, you know, there was a, a time and a place where, you know, guys like Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and, you know, even as, as recent as Emmett Smith and Adrian Peterson, these guys were, you know, fantasy football rock stars. They were NFL rock stars. And it's just kind of, I mean, there, there are some, good running back still in the league, but it's just kind of fallen off for the running back position. These guys, it's like once they hit 27 years old, they're, they're like old and outdated and teams are looking to move on from them. So not only do they get beat up more than probably any other position in the league, but they're also their lifespan, their, their, the amount of time that they actually have to, to sign a big contract and make some money is, uh, is a really small window. And I don't know, I just feel like, uh, my kid plays football. I'm, I'm probably gonna, you know, teach them to go out and run routes rather than, you know, r- run the football. <laughs> yeah. No, and You know, we, we watched that, like you're, you're, you're hundred percent correct. You've watched it over the years where the running back position from the early days of, you know, fantasy football for us, where, you know, you had guys that, yeah, they towed at the rock. They were running back. And if you had the ability to be a dual threat, you know, a, a Marshall Falk, a Curtis Martin, Ladanian Tomlinson, these were unicorns because they did everything. And eventually you've seen the running back position lean heavier on the passing game where, yeah, these guys get maybe a good 17 carries, but it's their seven, eight targets out of the backfield that make them a Christian McCaffrey when healthy, um, you know, amongst other guys that, that really seem to have that dual threat. Le'Veon Bell was one of the last uh, monsters to the point where he had contract issues because he wanted to be paid as a wide receiver. So you see that position morphing and getting away from you know, the bell cow running backs and three yards in a cloud of dust to just being one other piece to the offense and part of the passing game and and the committee stuff too i think yeah running back is is super valuable in in a redraft league because it's a one and done and you definitely want to maximize that potential based on the scarcity of the position where you know you and i talked before the draft and 
you know, through the first round, if you can get a running back, go with it. But I mean, on average by about pick 60, the top 25 running backs and wide receivers are kind of averaged out at that point. So it doesn't seem to carry over everywhere, especially on a, on a dynasty level per se, where you, you see where running backs have a short shelf life. If they go seven, eight years, that's, that's pretty solid. Um, you saw Derrick Henry get a chink in the armor last year. So uh, now there's already talk of era parents being drafted and, and keeping him on a pitch count to, to keep him healthy. And, and McCaffrey still rated high, but we'll see if he can stay healthy. Yeah, these guys are these guys are definitely a different uh, different type of running back than than you saw back in the day. So, uh, but let's let's jump into well before we jump into our round two rookies, uh, let's talk a little bit about the contest that we that we sort of teased last episode. We do have a signed Darius Slay jersey that we're giving away. Uh, what we're going to do here for the contest is it's going to be really easy to enter. All you have to do is. Follow us uh, on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, even on YouTube, um, where we have our audio-only uh, YouTube videos up. Just show that you followed us. Leave us a review on that on that uh, site or on that uh, platform as well, and then send us an email to the nine route FFB at gmail.com. In that email, include your full name your mailing address so that we can mail you the jersey if you win. And then both of the screenshots, you can do this right from your phone, a screenshot showing that you followed the show uh, and a screenshot showing that you reviewed the show and that will automatically enter you for the Darius Slay jersey giveaway. Uh, we do have another jersey that we're going to give away later on in the season, but this contest is going to be open until the beginning of the regular season. We're probably going to try to give that away uh, live on our podcast the first week of the regular season or the last week of the preseason uh, is what we're looking at. So you have from now until September 1st. Not to, far away. I think yeah. nine, nine more Sundays, right? And that, that's the term right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at in the countdown. So, so get those entries in again, super easy. Follow the show, review the show, send us a picture of the, uh, the show, uh, the little check mark showing that you follow the show, a screenshot of your review, and just, again, make sure that you include your full name and mailing address in the email. And again, our email is the9routeffb at gmail.com. So good luck, everybody. Get those get those entries in, and uh, we will pick a winner here in a few weeks and send that, uh, that jersey out to you. Uh, it sounds like a great prize. Nothing like a big play sleigh jersey to make the man cave out or, you know, the she shed, depending on what you're into. Um, you know, one of the best cornerbacks in the league and, and – we're lucky enough to have him on our team, and he's been great for us ever since we got him. So, uh, you know, definitely get a hold of that jersey and, and help us out here. You know, definitely we appreciate all the listeners and subscribers and followers to the show, and uh, we will direct you into that point. Maybe someday we'll get into IDP and talk about how Slay affects your uh, starting lineup as well. But uh, definitely it's a great jersey and a great prize to have. All right, man, let's jump into these rookies. I, uh, I've been itching to talk about them since – basically since the last show where we thought we were going to get to everybody in round one and two, I don't know what we were thinking, but, uh, well, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, first round, you know, you had a, you had a lot of big name talent, a, a lot of, again, very wide receiver heavy and a lot of depth. And and these players had a strong effect. I mean, again, for, for the Eagles and Titans alone, you had an AJ Brown trade that went to the Eagles for their pick to turn it into Traylon Burks. So you see where they're drafting him to be their alpha wide receiver to, to help that offense out. So just being able to talk about all the, the cause and effects off of stuff like that. Yeah, we went a little long, but we're going to get right into it. 
first skill player at the second round, we're looking at Green Bay Packers. Uh, would never take a wide receiver in the first round. Just can't do it. But they <laughs> had to wait. And, of course, yes, then they went in the second round. Two picks and, into the second round. Yeah. Like, All right, now we can do it. Yeah. Okay, Aaron's, Aaron's still watching. We got you. Um, and they took a, a young – well, I wouldn't say young, but, you know, a, a good prospect out of North Dakota State. Uh, you know, Trey Lance went – and, and has been talked about as being one of the quarterbacks of, of this year. And, and we knew Carson Wentz previously that that school puts out some talent. Christian Watson, um, he came on board and he was the second pick of the second round. Uh, they had a lot of players, including himself, that ran uh, sub 4440s. And overall, statistically at that school, he, he put up some excellent numbers and seems to be one of those guys that – Looks like with his speed alone and, and speed kills. I mean, you know, Madden said it himself. We all played that game and it's the truth. But if you have a guy that has the ability to do some dual threat action, you know, he did tote the rock a little bit on, on jet sweeps and stuff and um, was a, you know, second team all Mississippi Valley football conference uh, return specialist, depending on what they try to use him as. Could he be, could he be like their Tyreek Hill? Maybe. Regardless, uh, we do know Devontae Adams is no longer with us as far as a Packer. He's now with the Las Vegas Raiders and his old college teammate, Derek Carr. Meanwhile, you vacated 169 targets. Christian Watson has Sammy Watkins. That's right, the Sammy Watkins. He of maybe six to eight games, if he's lucky. <laughs> um, Al Lazard, who has always played pretty well. And, and again, he could be that next wide receiver in that fold that knows the playbook, knows the quarterback, and Green Bay just seems to do it that way. But if not, you know, Randall Cobb is the veteran slot, the cagey guy, and the, and the deep down go-to probably for Aaron Rodgers um, on that team. But but you had Christian Watson. Later rounds, you had a, another couple wide receivers taken, but Christian Watson seems to be the way they're going. Uh, I think he's definitely a guy based on that offense you want to get in there. And again, with, with just a Sammy Watkins ahead of him, all he has to do is show in camp that he can be a starter in that team. It's not going to take much. Develop a little chemistry and trust with Aaron Rodgers, and you're good. Uh, again, in a dynasty league alone, we know he's going to be one of the guys right now uh, that that should, would, could be taken. Uh, he's going right now at pretty far, uh, you know, in a sense of, of basically like a wide receiver, top 50, maybe 55 wide receivers. But if you're developing uh, a dynasty league and stuff like that, he might even go a little bit higher. But Christian Washington should be the way to go. Yeah, I think all these rookies are going to go a little bit higher in dynasty leagues just because of the unknown factor. But yeah, I think Watson's a good a good prospect. He's he obviously he tested athletically as one of the best wide receivers in in honestly in combine history. I mean, if you look at his numbers, they were they were absolutely ridiculous. I think his big thing is you know he's going to have to make sure he gets a little more sure handed. He had a lot of drops in college that kind of affected him negatively, and and I think we both know that. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers does not appreciate his wide receivers dropping the ball. So I think if he works on, on just his hands and, and uh, you know, his natural ability should, should shine through for sure. I think he's a great, a great prospect. And, and I definitely have been scooping him up in some mock drafts that I've been doing. The first running back off of the board came at pick number 36 to the New York jets, where they traded up to get Brees Hall out of Iowa state. Brees Hall was kind of, you know, the, the consensus, uh, you know, first running back off of the board, it was, it was, you know, him and Ken Walker were, you know, there was some, some speculation that Walker may go ahead of him, but I think 
what Brees Hall did in college uh, sort of cemented, you know, his place as, as far as the first running back taken in the draft. Most dra- draft analysts had him going first, especially after his outstanding performance at the Combine. I mean, his career numbers at college speak for themselves. He racked up over 4,500 all-purpose yards and 50 touchdowns at the collegiate level. His high second-round draft capital suggests that the Jets see him as basically their new RB1. I mean, you don't trade up in the second round to go get a running back if you don't plan on using him extensively. Now, you and I talked a little bit before this recording about Michael Carter and, and them drafting him in the, in the fourth round. You know, Carter is, is primarily seen as more of a, you know, pass-catching J.D. McKissick-type running back, um, not really very big. Um, not really able to hold up to uh, the the pounding that an NFL running back can take like Brees Hall is. Uh, but Brees Hall was an excellent pass catcher in college as well. So um, I think that there's a chance that he becomes their three down back. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see that as I, I don't see the jets, not that they're expected to be competing for a playoff spot or anything like that, but I don't see them just, you know, throwing the, he's, he's not Najee Harris. Like they're not just going to throw him out on 90% of the snaps and give him 300 plus carries this year. I, I just don't see that happening, especially considering, you know, they have second round wide receiver that they drafted in Elijah Moore last year, first round wide receiver that they drafted this year. And they're, it seems like they're trying to surround Zach Wilson with, the talent to create a high powered passing offense. I think Hall definitely complements that with them being able to, you know, pick up those short yardage runs and things like that. His stuff he was really good at, um, really good around the goal line in college. So I think he's a great complement for that offense, but I don't, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I don't think he's the focal point of the offense. I think he's a nice piece that adds you know, a, a little dimension to that offense, but I, I don't think he's going to be, um, you know, it's funny. I, I was actually looking at some, uh, some ADPs doing some mock drafts and I'm noticing that uh, Brees Hall is going, even in just, you know, your normal, you know, redraft leagues, Brees Hall is going right around RB 20 on sleeper. And surprisingly, Travis Etienne is going two running backs behind him at, at running back 22. And, to me, don't get me wrong, I like Brees Hall. I have no problem drafting him in the right spot in a redraft league. But if Travis Etienne is still on the board, and so is Brees Hall, there's there's not a chance I'm taking Hall over Etienne. I mean, with the James Robinson injury, Etienne is poised to basically be a three-down back uh, on an offense where you know he went to college with his starting quarterback, so you know they have chemistry. He missed a year, so you know he's – Aiken to prove himself once he gets back out on the field. I mean, the only thing that would deter me at all from ETN would just be fear of re-injury, but I don't, I don't draft. I, I don't care. Like, you know, spoiler alert, Christian McCaffrey is my, my number one running back this year. I don't give it that he missed seven games last year and 13 the year before. Like to me, when McCaffrey is healthy and playing, there's, there's not another player in the league that, can give you what he gives you. So, and I think ETN has the ability to be that. I know this is about Brees Hall, but I, I do wanted to, I did want to bring this up just to kind of caution people. You see these, you know, shiny new toys and, and, you know, these, these young rookie 
running backs and wide receivers and just understand that very, very few of these guys make a huge impact the first year. And people draft him Brees Hall like he's a guaranteed locked-in RB2. To me, that's a little bit scary. Uh, I do like the talent. I do like the uh, team going to the Jets. But uh, drafting him at RB20 it seems a little high for me, especially not knowing whether or not Michael Carter is going to come in and, and take some of that third-down uh, pass-catching work from him. Note to self, Pat, Brees Hall hater. Okay, check. <laughs> Next, uh, we're going to move on. You, you, you said everything there needed to be said. I, I, lips are sealed. Uh, speaking of um, one of the other running backs um, and somebody who I personally would take over Brees Hall was literally the next running back taken, uh, and that was Kenneth Walker the third out of Michigan State. For those that... I'm not a big college football fan. Not that I don't like it. I can't watch it because of work. But uh, I know Kenneth Walker was a thing last year, as was Michigan State. And always kind of root for them quietly as as a team just because of, uh, you know, uh, different things. Uh, I'm a big, you know, Marks and Reese fan for WIP. And I know Ike Reese is a Spartan, so I always pull for his team. And to see them kind of rally the troops and become a, a thing again was was very good. They have a great head coach and a nice program there. And to see Kenneth Walker be that guy for them last year, uh, a solid running back overall. Uh, he ran a sub 440, did stay away from the bowl game to prepare for the draft, finished sixth in the Heisman, but nowadays that's still not a bad thing at all to be on that medal stand at whatsoever. Well, Walter Camp Player of the Year and Doak Walker, which is the nation's top running back, uh, first team, all AP. I mean, I mean, everything about the guy like just screams pedigree. He started at Wake Forest in, in 2019, so he did move from the ACC to the Big Ten. Big Ten running backs can be hit or miss in the NFL, uh, sometimes more miss than hit. But at the end of the day, I feel like the situation he's going into in Seattle, you had Rashad Penny last year who – you know, oft injured, finally was able to hold it together for a little bit and had a, a hell of a season. Um, I mean, for the sake of 10 games, he had almost 800 yards, six touchdowns. He averaged 6.3 a carry. Uh, you had Alex Collins getting the dust blown off him. Chris Carson had a tough neck injury. They're not even sure how things are going to work out with him. And uh, he was somebody I always hoped would kind of get over the hump. And after that, you know, they, they tried to bring Adrian Peterson in. Uh, that team is looking to tank. They're not looking to do anything crazy. You got Geno Smith and Drew Locke in a bum fight for quarterback. So at the end of the day, you know, you, you got Travis uh, Tyler Lockett, you got D, DK Metcalf out there who are probably one of them guys is going to look for a trade, you know, get me the hell out of here if we're going to rebuild him. And the, off, uh, the, the team might do that. I mean, I think they try, you know, they definitely want to kind of move on. Russell Wilson went to Denver. You see all these pieces in motion, but. He could be walking into a position right now where he may not be the day one starter. Pete Carroll is one of those like legit coaches, but if he sees the talent there, he's going to play him. And Penny ended up being pretty much the healthiest guy, which is why he got a lot of work. But him and Collins did split a lot when healthy. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you had Russ when he came back just trying to make plays, and, and that's what it was. This is the totally different team than what we've seen for the last pretty much almost like eight to ten years with, with everything, again, behind that quarterback. So – I like Kenneth Walker a lot. I personally like him a lot more in his situation. I think with Brees Hall with the Jets, what you have is you have Garrett Wilson, uh, a new rookie. 
Elijah Moore started to come into his own last year. You have Zach Wilson, who is quote unquote improved. If you talk about improving, if that means moving on to your girlfriend's mom's friend or whatever that wow. was like, that's yeah, I went there. Wow. Um, you know, that, that could be an improvement. I don't know for sure. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of new pieces of moving parts in New York um, with Walker kind of moving into a team where they're not maybe going to trust either quarterback to go too far down the field. And if Penny doesn't stay healthy and it's a committee concept, things of that nature, uh, Walker could be in a perfect situation. He could be he could be a borderline junior version of, of a this year's Najee Harris. I'll put it that way. Maybe not. Could be wrong. And again, that O-line out there for the first time in years actually looked kind of okay last year for, for all the time that they used to not be able to, but we'll see what happens. I do like Kenneth Walker. And I think, you know, let alone like a redraft league, obviously you're going to take him down the road or somebody might reach for him, but dynasty wise, uh, you know, as far as a rookie, I know he's pretty much like in your top three, right? You know, it's Brees Hall, Drake London and him. I personally, I, I lean a little bit more his way. I know he doesn't have maybe the same, glamour that that Brees Hall has maybe based on certain situations but for the sake of Seattle in a couple of years he could be a top five running back in the league and we know what that means for fantasy yeah Walker is is definitely a, a great pure runner and probably a better pure runner than than Brees Hall maybe doesn't have all the same you know pass catching attributes but it's definitely a uh what they what they would call a running back to running back you know what I mean yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a man's man. He brings his lunch pail to work. And, you know, it's not that he, the guy can't not catch the football. It's just that that's not his thing. He's going to make plays. And if they're playing off of each other there in Seattle where it's a little more thunder and lightning, hey, you know, suddenly maybe that makes it work for him. Look at, again, we're Eagles fans. Look at last year. Passing offense couldn't get it done. Things went south quick. They turned into a running football team. They made the playoffs. They did the best with what they had. So if they identify that early and go with it, yeah. You know, whether or not the team wins, I don't care. But if I have him on my roster and Kenny Walker's getting me points every week, 10, 12 points, he's my guy. All right. The next player drafted, the next skill player drafted was two picks later at 43. The New York, New York Giants took Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky. I think the Giants overall had a pretty good draft, but this pick was a little bit puzzling to me personally. Robinson is kind of undersized for the NFL. He really didn't seem to fit a need for the Giants. They have a ton of wide receivers. I mean, maybe and maybe the, the idea was to get rid of some of these old busted wide receivers to bring in some some new guys, but he does have a great, you know, elusiveness. He's really hard to tackle. Real quick twitch guy can can make defenders look really stupid with the ball in his hands. But he's five eight, just under 180 pounds, and he does I mean he's he's built pretty well for a, a small guy. I don't know. It's to me, it seems like the NFL is just littered with guys like this who end up honestly just being punt and kick returners a lot of times, uh, you know, throughout their career. Maybe I'm wrong with, with him, but like the Giants drafting Robinson to me didn't make any sense after drafting Kadarius Tony last year. I, this is a new regime, you know, new coaching staff, new GM, you know, maybe they see something different. Maybe they have some sort of plan for, you know, Tony and Robinson in, you know, some sort of new offensive scheme that they're running. I'm not really sure, but I haven't really been taking Robinson anywhere in mock drafts that I've been doing. I'm not really targeting him in any, you know, leagues that I'm in or home leagues or, you know, you and I just finished a couple of new dynasty startups and I haven't 
even really looked his way in any of those, um, you know, even being a, a young guy or a rookie. He just, to me, just, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about it. He just didn't seem to be the type of guy that not only would make an impact anywhere, but especially not on a team like the Giants with a quarterback that, you know, we're not even sure if he's going to be the quarterback through the entire season this year. Uh, you know, the, I do have higher hopes for Daniel Jones and the Giants offense this year. Um, it pains me to say that as an Eagles fan, but with with Brian Dayball there, um, I do think that they're going to be a little bit less inept, I should say, I guess, um, than they were last year. But uh, Robinson is just, for me, great guy to watch on on tape. Like, he's he's got some highlight plays, but you just don't see as many highlight plays on the NFL level because all of the defenders are so big and fast and, and good. And I just think that for me personally, Robinson is not a guy that I'm going to invest heavily in. Uh, you know, not to so much chime in. And I know, yeah, it's, I, when I saw the pick, I was happy because I don't like the giants and it's no <laughs> offense. I hope the kid has a great career. I just hope he doesn't do it with them, but it did seem like he was being drafted for, yeah, maybe not like that starting concept or they thought maybe, you know, there were some weird things that came out with Kadarius Tony that maybe thought he was going to get traded on draft day and, and all kinds of like, you know, you, you, that team has been a bit of a dumpster fire for a while. And they, they brought in a coach to hopefully make things correct, right the ship, bring a little uh, an adult in the room, all those all those terms. <laughs> you have a quarterback who wasn't playing horrible last year, but he wasn't playing good. Um, fantasy wise, he was helping you out. Uh, and then he gets hurt and, and then, you know, everything else goes like sideways or whatever. You're running back. Who's trying to get back to even a shade of his old self. Um, you know, uh, who is it? Darius. Is it Darius Slayton? Was he the wide receiver for them from a few years ago? That was like really good. And then he fell off the planet. Like he's still on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I I'm, I'm again, as an Eagles fan, totally happy, but from a fantasy <laughs> perspective, it's like, what the heck's going on? And and again, he could turn out to be one of those guys that suddenly comes out of camp. I know maybe proves everybody wrong, but yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's going to have a lot of tangibility to that team unless there's moves that are still like meant to be made in camp. And then suddenly he becomes, you know, I, I guess to say their guy based on a, a, a position right now. I mean, right now he's slotting, he's backing up Sterling Shepard, who has had, so many times where they gave him a chance and he's been hurt so many times over his career, you know, maybe that's their hope is that, you know, he's there just in case somebody gets hurt and we have depth. Cause I think, wasn't that a thing for them too last year where they were, they were running on fumes on wide receiver. Cause they had so many guys hurt. They had uh forget the name right off the top of my head. He's with the bears now. And he was the old like wide re Niners wide receiver that, that had a few minutes of glory. Like they brought in anybody they could to try to like make it work and, it just oh Dante happen. Pettis you're talking yes, about yes thank you thank yeah you. yeah and it's like my God like maybe that's their plan it's just you know let's get a bunch of young bodies in here and see who sticks they have nothing to lose and if they're bad for another year or two they're just going to accumulate draft picks and suddenly be <laughs> that team again that that maybe has a good quarterback and and a great defense and finds a way to take out whoever in the Super Bowl Brady Belichick both again God forbid who knows moving on. Uh, from Wandale Robinson, we hardly knew you. Uh, we're going to John. How do you say it? Metich? I think it's just Mechie. John Mechie, the third. No offense, John. Yeah. I like you. Uh, I'm going to talk about that. John Mechie, uh, the third from Alabama. 
He is second round pick number 12. Uh, again, another wide receiver who really didn't get a chance to do much in the combine because he was getting over an ACL tear. Overall, during his career, he he played some football at Alabama. He really put some numbers up. He, you know, Jalen Waddle got hurt back in 2020. And, uh, you know, he caught 55 passes, 916 yards, six touchdowns. And it's hard not to be a good wide receiver or skill player at Alabama based on the way that team is. He played really well in the following season in 2021, 96 receptions, team high. And you had some studs. You had Devontae Smith, all kinds of names on that team. Uh, 1,142 yards, 11.9 per catch, eight touchdowns before tearing his ACL in the conference title game. So he did miss that run at the end, and you know maybe he would affect it. He might have affected the the Georgia game. You never know. Uh, DJ doesn't want to think about that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, uh, goes to a team right now in Houston that is just starving for talent. You know they they made a few draft picks that already are slotted in. Right now, John Mechie is slotted in as their starting slot wide receiver. Uh, so hey, welcome to the NFL rook. Uh, as long as he comes back healthy, you know, and that that's a big if. But I feel like with the pedigree, uh, he's not probably going to kill you, especially coming back off an injury right away with killer speed. But he was a good receiver, all that, good hands, and, and all those things that you need to be a slot right receiver. Could he become a poor man's like Jarvis Landry? Maybe if he's healthy. Who knows? Uh, I like Davis Mills. I actually like Houston. I don't think they're a great football team, but – Davis Mills strikes me as a young quarterback that with enough, just, hey, here you go, and we give you three, four seasons, and don't worry about your job. Maybe he turns out to be a good player. They put a couple players around him. Brandon Cooks is there, Nico Collins. Uh, they drafted a young running back and Damian Pierce out of Florida. Uh, Marlon Mack is going to try to resurrect his career. Who knows? They have nothing to lose. Again, they could win four games, but from fantasy perspective, I don't care about that. If, if John Mechie can get me some points, a, a lot of PPR love, you're my guy, John. The next player selected was Tyquan Thornton by the New England Patriots at 50 overall. Thornton's claim to fame basically was the fact that he ran the fastest 40 time at the combine this year of all the wide receivers, a 4-2-8. As we know, the Patriots don't really have a, a good track record at drafting wide receivers, especially early. And I kind of feel like Thornton maybe fits that mold too well. It wasn't very highly you know, looked at as, as far as, you know, not that... Daniel Jeremiah or Mel Kuyper or, you know, any of these guys who do draft analysis, not that these guys. Who are the, the end hell is Mel Kuyper? <laughs> not that any of these guys is the, is, you know, the end all be all of, of draft selections, but I mean, they do a pretty good job at, at discerning talent from, you know, lesser talent, I guess, uh, for the NFL draft. And, and listen, Bill Belichick gets sort of a free pass for maybe eternity. Uh, you know, with what he did in New England over the past 20 years. But at some point, you have to just own up to the fact that you're not very good at distinguishing wide receiver talent for whatever reason. This selection at 50 doesn't seem to fit the Mac Jones theme either. Jones is not really a deep ball thrower. So why would you go out and get the fastest wide receiver at the combine? Like, I don't know. It just, to me, this didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, Thornton really didn't have any other really redeeming qualities in college other than the fact that he was he was fast. And, and when you're at the collegiate level, the, the athletic 
guys, the guys that you're going against, their athleticism isn't what the guys in the NFL, the only the the best of the best make it into the NFL. So and not saying that he was playing against subpar talent, but I mean, let's be honest, as you move up, the competition gets better. And if all you have is speed, I just I don't we've seen receivers who are just fast, not really make a huge impact in the NFL. I mean, maybe now that the rules are changing and you can't, you know, really touch guys anymore as you know, after they're five yards down the field or whatever, maybe that gives these speed guys a little bit more it gives teams a little bit more incentive to draft these guys. But for me personally, I, I would rather have a receiver that showed that he could catch the ball when he was in college rather than a guy that just showed that he could run fast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen how many track stars that they throw a Jersey on and, and Carl Lewis. <laughs> hope, well, and, and yeah, exactly. And, and hope for the best. I mean, I think the only guy was, you know, back in the, 70s with the Cowboys was like bullet Bob Hayes. It was like mm-hmm. a track and hurt, track and field guy who actually played out to be a decent receiver. And again, back then having that kind of speed was there was nobody on the planet that was near you. Now, yeah, you see, okay, he ran a four two, but he had like seven guys run sub four forties. And right. if you gave them ten shots at it, maybe one of them could have cracked it. Yeah, like you said, I think Bills. The thing with Belichick that's scary, a. He can usually get a quarterback to be that guy. But we've said that for a lot of reasons. It's not so much building the quarterback that he needs. He had one guy for so long. It's figuring out how to break the other guy. But the other thing is that he does find ways to bring players in and use them, albeit – and they had a weird draft. They took some, like, weird offensive linemen, I think, in the first round and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Like, But he does find a way to get a guy who is that – you're only good at rushing the passer on third downs, and that's all you can do. So you know what? You're on my team, and when it's third down, you're going to go in there, you're going to rush the passer, and that guy's an all-pro for seven years. So he does have that quirky ability, but like you say, considering the young quarterback, there's still flux in there. You brought Devontae Parker in from Miami. That's always a thing, too. When he brings a Miami wide receiver in, the guy's a monster, you know, Wes Welker amongst others. But yeah, I mean, you're you're really looking at what's this guy going to bring? Is he a special teams guy? Maybe he's on that level where, you know, if he does catch the ball, he goes. Or does he just drag coverages to open things up for Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith underneath? Who knows? Uh, again, they, they did have a an odd draft, but it is going to be interesting to see where he goes with him. Next up, guess what, folks? Another wide receiver. I know, hard <laughs> to believe. Uh, second round, pick number 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they selected George Pickens out of Georgia. Uh, so George from Georgia. He is going to either be possibly like the best player out of this draft from what you see and what you've heard uh, talent-wise, or one of those guys that just can't get it right. You know, as a freshman, all SEC freshman team, you know, newcomer of the year. And Georgia is like they're they're Alabama light. Now they're now they're right there with Alabama. They won that title. He had 49 catches for 727 yards, eight touchdowns as a freshman. Next year he got suspended during uh, a game against Georgia Tech for getting into a fight. And you know, it, it's like you hope the immaturity's gone. And chances are it is. These guys go in there, they're hyped. It's it's a big game, state rival and stuff like that. And he's still a young kid, nothing bad, but he did tear an ACL uh, spring 2021. Happened to return to play in the last four games uh, of the championship season. So he is a player that can bounce back from injury and kind of show that he's able to make things happen. 
He's a small bit undersized, underweight, so to speak. He, he's he's six three, but he's one ninety five. So you know he kind of kind of has that Chet Holmgren look to him. Uh, if you're familiar with the NBA, where you're just hoping he doesn't get beat up physically on the outside, but if he can blow by people, that's one thing. Uh, sounds like he's one of those guys who has the ability to stop, start, make those quick cuts, and make catches, uh, especially over the top. Like he could be a big red zone target for them. Ironically, this just in, uh, you have currently Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett's a little ways down the line, but at the end of the day, he is slotted in as your starting slot wide receiver for those Pittsburgh Steelers. So Deontay Johnson, he of 169 targets last year, Chase Claypool, who is the best wide receiver in football, according to Chase Claypool. And you are also talking about uh, 66 targets minimum from like a Ray Ray McLeod who moved on to, I believe, San Francisco 49ers. So if he gets about 50, 60 targets uh, based on his skill set, and if he develops a nice chemistry with whoever is the quarterback there, eh, yeah, he could be a guy. He may not get a lot of yardage, but he could be a guy that ends up being a, again, he could be a red zone guy who gets you tight end stuff. And again, you have Pat Fryermuth there, and I don't want to say he's a tight end, but he's a guy who could get, you know, maybe 35, 40 catches and maybe seven or eight touchdowns, just not a lot of yardage, right? That's a good guy to have on your team. And again, developmentally coming out of Georgia, as long as he stays healthy and the injury doesn't become a thing, uh, he should be pretty good to go. I think George Pickens is a very underrated player in this entire draft. And uh, who knows? He could turn out to be down the road. He could be one of the best players out of this entire draft as wide receiver. Yeah, I really like Pickens in Dynasty because the Steelers are – sort of known for you know being one of those teams that doesn't really pay uh, Deontay Johnson's in the last year of his contract they haven't even offered him an extension yet I, I feel like this is probably his last year with the Steelers and I think that Pickens is going to be his replacement that's just my my personal belief it's just kind of the way that this thing kind of goes with Pittsburgh and and their wide receivers if you, I don't know if you remember like when Antonio Brown and Mike Wallace were, were kind of both a thing there and and uh, the Steelers were like, oh, we, we kind of like Antonio, Antonio Holmes. Uh, yeah, they don't mind yeah. saying bye to you. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No matter what you did for that franchise. And not that, you know, Deontay Johnson has carried them to, to any promised land or anything like that. But Pickens is, is definitely a, a guy that, uh, you know, I'm trying to get my hands on in dynasty leagues if if I can do it at a, a, a rate that's, you know, reasonable. So I, I do like Pickens a lot in dynasty. Not sure what his impact is going to be this year for fantasy football due to the fact that, like you said, you do still have Deontay Johnson there. You do have Clay, Claypool. If Fryer moves, he was a big uh, red zone target last year. So I'm, I'm not super high on Pickens this year in particular, but as far as his career goes, if he can, like you said, if he can keep his head on straight, I think he's he's got a he's got the talent to have a good career uh, moving forward. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I do like Pickens. All right, the next wide receiver taken – in the draft was Alec Pierce at 53 by the Indianapolis Colts. Pierce was a guy who, again, I didn't expect him to go as high as he did, but looking through his metrics and reading up on him and, and watching a little bit of him in college, he's a, he's a solid wide receiver. I mean, he, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to, you know, be anything super special. He's not, you know, obviously one of these guys like, you know, Drake London or, or Chris Olavi or, or Garrett Wilson, guys that were drafted in the first round. But he was a solid wide receiver in college. He definitely is a guy who the Colts desperately need. Right now on their depth chart, 
at wide receiver, you're looking at Michael Pittman, who guy I love in fantasy this year, and, and we'll get into that later on in the offseason when we start talking about our wide receivers. But I, I really like Pittman. But behind Pittman, I mean, it's it's just the I don't it, it's not a pretty sight what's on the, the roster there in Indianapolis. And I think that Alec Pierce could very, very easily be the wide receiver two on this team to start the season. Paris Campbell still on the on the team. He hasn't been able to get anything going his entire career. I mean, I know it's been three years, but he's been so injured. I don't think he's played more than I think seven games was the most he played. Just, you know, didn't record more than 18 receptions in a single season. So, you know, the Colts, this was their first pick in the draft. Um, if you remember, they, oh, we remember because we're Eagles fans, but they traded uh, their first round pick to a team of team Carson Wentz last year. So this was their, the, the second round was their first pick in this year's draft, and they used it on a position where they already have a guy, you know, who be a, a top 15, you know, player at his position. So they really needed the help. Uh, I, I am a little surprised that they took Pierce with some of the other guys uh, that were still available at that time. But, uh, you know, they really liked him. He's, you know, he seems like he's a solid option for them moving forward. And, uh, you know, again, if he does earn that role as the wide receiver two on this team, he could he could put up some fantasy numbers. There's there's definitely a chance that he could hit the, you know, 50, 60 catch mark and, and you know, be a flex-worthy player the majority of the weeks. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think, it's one of those like quiet draft picks that yeah maybe people uh, like you know will will look at it that way from stats their fan base maybe you know lathered up over it definitely now i did see some like random thing um you know social media rounds that of all people imagine that odell beckham junior had some picture of his kid watching something on tv and was just pointing out things on the tv screen and it just so happened that it looked like his kid was wearing a Beckham Jr. Colts jersey, jersey type thing. So that could throw a wrench into it, but that could also actually help him, you know, if that ends up being a thing. I don't know if you saw that or if anybody listening that already is is up on it. I'm not a I'm not an Instagram person or anything like that. I, I just occasionally tweet and I really am not even a big fan of that. But looking at that, it could just be trolling, it could be anything. But Either way, Alec Pierce technically has no pressure on him, but right now he's penciled in as a starting wide receiver on that team. And like you said, Paris Campbell, who you know came in with a lot of promise, and no one expected him to be a, a savior to a franchise, could be a guy that you know maybe takes things to a next level, stays healthy finally, and and things of that nature. If, if the Beckham thing turns out to become a thing through camp, you know he'll sit out all of camp to get healthy. He has to. A guy had a great season last year and it was it was really good to see him finally get his come up and uh you know in the Super Bowl it's a shame he got hurt and, and had to leave the game and things went the way they did but he did get a ring based on his work if he turns into that touchdown a game kind of guy that's great he's going to draw coverage uh everybody is feeling like it's Michael Pittman's season uh Alec Pierce could slot right into that team and be that guy you're just talking about Pat and it wouldn't even have if anything a, a signing of that nature could actually help him and not hurt him yeah, and Beckham's not scheduled to be fully recovered from his injury until midseason anyway. So, 
at that point, you know, Pierce would either already have sort of earned his spot where he's at or yeah. not at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and again, you're talking about, you got Matty Ice at quarterback, so he knows how to ha- like how to handle a room when it comes to wide receivers. You know, he, he's had, you know, Julio Jones, he knows big names and how to treat them and, and different things like that. So, yeah, I think if, if things worked out, it wouldn't be a bad deal to have him come into the roster. But if, if that's all just, happenstance and we're just talking about it like it might happen um or, or never does but pierce being on that roster i think i think he's going to work really well um, um i think he's got a good shot and there's not a lot behind him that they're really worrying about these are just depth pieces that that are just there to fill in a roster moving on next wide receiver we're going to go to is that guy sky Moore. he As was taken sky less uh right, yeah well i'm sorry Skyless is no Skyless is something i do because i've <laughs> never been able to jump um so sky Moore, yeah this guy although you know about the same height um you're 510 buck 95 but yeah he's uh taken by the kansas city chiefs second round pick 22 did a lot at the combine to show off his overall ability speed 4.41 yeah he's so slow i mean god all these guys did four three look if you're a 4.41 in the 40, you're a fast wide receiver. You know, the fact that you weren't one of the top four or five at your position, six at your position in, in a combine bubble is, is totally fine. This kid coming out of Western Michigan, it's a you know smaller school, but definitely one of those ones that's always on the radar. Uh, a lot of people feel like he's got the potential to be a, a decent starter in the NFL. Uh, that's all you need in Kansas City. Uh, we know who you have at quarterback. He's able to make a lot of things happen. He's not Tyreek Hill. He is not the blazing speed cheetah by any stretch, but he's he's known for uh, his ball skills, his toughness. Like Those are things in the NFL that you have to have. Not comparing him to, but look at a guy like a, a Cooper Cup, who we all saw come out of a similar program. Nobody thought a lot about him, and then you heard Matthew Barry making some waves about him in my little Cooper Cup and, and all that stuff, and it's like, yeah, whatever. You know, and he had a decent first season. He got injured a little bit. And then suddenly last year, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Things like that happen for a reason. Not saying that this guy is Cooper Cup by any stretch, but I think they're looking at him to be a player of that ilk, maybe somewhere even in the Hunter Renfro-ish, but with more speed and more agility. And, and that's something that they need. I mean, he's a guy who he had almost 100 receptions last year for his team. So the fact that he's a go-to on a team that now needs a go-to that does have a decent, you know, they they have they have wide receivers. It's not like the whole team left. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is not the greatest wide receiver in the world, but he's a good wide receiver. You have Miko Harbin's been in the system for a minute. Marquez Volta, Scantling, he can blow the top off a of defense. He just can't catch the football. So if he can get <laughs> that down. Hey, then suddenly you have Tyreek Hill. Right now you just have Tyreek. You just need to get over to Hill. And <laughs> Travis Kelsey, who is being like just, I don't know, canceled in a lot of NFL like mock drafts and, and packed a couple of drafts that we've done. My God, the guy slipped into like the seventh, eighth round. And it's like, I get it in Dynasty. Yeah, he's like, he's got a few years left and that's it. But Oh, God, he's the fourth best tight end, but he's still putting up the numbers almost that he put up before. He's the second best tight end, and he missed a game because of COVID, and Mark Andrews is now the guy and leapfrogged him. Like, relax. I think Sky Moore fits perfectly. There's not a lot of heavy expectations. If he steps up through camp, he's going to be a very good player for that team. 
They have some new players at running back. Andy, yeah, you got to shift the playbook around and, you know, you know, take the chart down from your face and, and start to make some plays for this guy. But he does that. And, and I think Sky Moore is going to be a player for this team for the future. And I think if him and Pat Mahomes get on the right page, he's going to be a name for six, seven, eight, nine years. Easy. Yeah, I really liked Sky Moore. I actually thought he was going to go higher in the draft this year. And the fact that he, you know, fell all the way to 54 was a little surprising to me. But I, I, I'm glad that he did because I really like his landing spot. And I think that he has the potential to be, you know, we talked in our last episode about these first round guys who have the potential to be, you know, the number one overall rookie wide receiver when it comes to, you know, fantasy points. I think Sky Moore's the guy in the second round that ha that has the ability and is in a spot where he could compete with those guys. That there's a good shot that, you know, you know that the, the Chiefs offense is still going to be passing the ball. You don't, pay Patrick Mahomes $50 million a year to turn around and hand it off. So there's going to be plenty of targets. And if Sky Moore can do what he did in college at the NFL level, obviously it's a lot more difficult to do. Competition's a lot better. But even if he can give you 80% of that, if he can, if he can come out of his rookie season with an 80-catch season, I don't think there's any way that he's not the number one rookie fantasy producer this year. So I, I really like his landing spot, and he's a guy who – He's still going late enough in redraft leagues, at least as far as mock drafts go, where I am I'm pretty much scooping him up in every mock draft that I have, just based on the fact that, like I said, he he does have that potential to be the number one wide receiver rookie. The first tight end off of the board. Uh came at pick number fifty-five. The Arizona Cardinals took Trey McBride, tight end out of Colorado State. McBride was again sort of consensus first tight end off the board. It was just sort of a, a matter of where he was going to go. I think that the Arizona Cardinals, you know, they re-signed Zach Ertz this year, but I think that they realized that Ertz probably only has one, maybe two years of really good football left in him, and they want to keep this offense as high-powered as possible. McBride was the best pass-catching tight end as far as, you know, his numbers out of college. He was a really, really good route runner at the tight end position actually kind of reminded me a, a little bit of Kyle Pitts, not the athleticism that Pitts has or the speed or the size, but really crisp routes, you know, really made some defenders look stupid in, in some of his, you know, some of his tape. The one good thing about McBride that you don't really see from the tight end position other than, you know, guys like, like Kyle Pitts is that he was featured in his offense. He was, he was sort of the main guy. He led all receivers in receptions uh, and in touchdowns, I think there was another guy on the team. I can't remember his name, but he had more yards. But McBride was a, a featured part of that offense. And I think that, you know, once Zach Ertz sort of bows out and, and hands the torch over, I think McBride is going to be one of these guys who were sort of clamoring over for fantasy leagues in the next few years. I think he's, you know, he's got the the potential to be like a, a TJ Hawkinson in that range of like a, a Dallas Goddard type solid NFL pass catching tight end who gets hurt a lot. Is that just, <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. I know the tight ends were, were interesting prospects this time around and he was one of the tops. So, um, yeah, hopefully. And, and just hearing Zach Ertz, I had to bow my head, uh, when you said that both as an Eagles and fantasy football fan. So finishing out the skill players on the second round, we are going to go to the national champions who had, I think, 
Pat, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they had 476 players taken in this draft, if I'm not mistaken. Um, one of which was James Cook running back, second round pick number 31. This guy's good. I mean, watching him in the game, just an analysis over. This guy's good. <laughs> I mean, there's just, it's hard to say, like, again, I, I don't watch a lot of college, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to college football. But I do know that Alabama is the closest thing to a pro team in college football, and they've been good for a long time with a very good coach. They recruit well. The SEC, therefore, needs to take on talent to combat them. They don't want the SEC to look bad. Georgia has a coach who used to work at Alabama. All these things tie together. And Georgia's been one of those programs that's always been like the, you know, the stepson and the second best and couldn't quite get over the hump. And you had Clemson be there for a while with Trevor Lawrence and, and things of that nature. So, you know, you've had little bumps in the road for Alabama. Meet Georgia. Uh, one of the big reasons that they lost a very close and then eventually what, what turned into a just a showing uh, of a, a defensive will imposed was James Cook. He had a great national title game, and overall, he just is a really good running back. This guy looks like everything you want. I, you know, I, to me, if you said the three running backs again, I, we talked about Brees Hall, we talked about Kenneth Walker, and now we're talking about James Cook, who is the third. And this was the first round, albeit the second round, but the first round that any running back was taken. Three of them go in this round, arguably the three best in the draft. To me, it would be Kenneth Walker one as a true as a true pure running back. James Cook is my two. Brees Hall would be three, only because smaller program. This kid coming from the SEC and being able to kick the teeth in on a team like Alabama, he did miss the Peach Bowl, unfortunately, throughout 2021. That's the thing, you know, he, he was that guy. 113, 728. 6.4 carries, seven touchdowns. Oh, by the way, another 27 receptions, 284, average 10 yards, over 10 yards a catch, four touchdowns in 15 games. With three starts, he's going to be that guy. I think he's really going to be an excellent player for Buffalo. I don't think he's going to get the nod right away. I still think Devin Singletary is going to be their guy, uh, but they are going to work a little bit of a rotation up there. You got Duke Johnson got signed. I mean, they got a lot of moving parts. And, and the way that offense goes, Pat, you or I could probably get four touchdowns and, you know, 340 yards in, in that offense <laughs> uh, just because of the way things go. And I think this could be that year that Buffalo is that team. Now, an injury, God forbid, to somebody, he he gets thrust into that starting role. By the way, his, he has a brother in the NFL. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name is Dalvin Cook. Never um, yeah, no, I, I, it sounds familiar. I, I, I want to say maybe he's a back in the NFL, could be a cornerback. But yes, I mean, it, it just shows the pedigrees there. I, I think he's going to be a really, really solid NFL player. He could end up being the best running back out of this entire draft. Uh, and the fact that Buffalo gets him, I'm not saying he's Thurman Thomas, but again, he was one of the granddaddies of dual threat running backs. Uh, to have him on your roster, man, that, that could be a thing. Dynasty is a no-brainer. Redraft, I'd reach for him a little bit in redraft. Uh, you know, don't don't screw your team, but I think he's somebody that you wouldn't mind having uh, again. And he's like an injury away from being that guy that could be in that role on that team. Forget about it. Yeah, the only real knock on him was that he's undersized, and and I get it. I think I think he weighed in like one ninety two or something like that at the combine, which is fairly small for a running back. But I mean, one ninety nine. 
Is that what he is that what he weighed in at? So that's not small. I mean, that's probably a little below average for a running back. I would say probably two oh five, two ten would be where I would expect, you know, most running backs to be. So yeah, maybe he doesn't have the body for you know it sounds like yeah, it sounds like the knock on him is, you know, he's a size. smaller, smaller body, especially on the bottom. So he's not gonna pound through. But hey, again, where you do have a, a, a seasoned vet as a Devin Singletary and and players like that on your team. Yeah, if he's a hell, you know, that's a team that runs that kind of an offense where he could just be a fourth wide receiver coming out of the backfield, you know, yeah. and suddenly that's all you need right then and there. You know, he just turns around and gets a quick, you know, slant or or something along them them concepts. And and that's all you need for him to take off and do his thing in not running through the tackles as much. Yeah, that's fine. He's he's a he's an outside zone, like a toss play kind of guy. Yeah, you're not he's, gonna bury him up, you know, in like the, the the A and B gaps and, and stuff like that. Like he's not going there. He's a, he's a younger version of JD McKissick, which, you, you know, if you remember the, the, the preseason, <laughs> you they, they signed him, they signed him. And then all of a sudden he went back to Washington and I don't know. I don't have any specific care for JD McKissick, but no, it's, it's to the, me, it's, he's the, the pass catching. He's it's like him and Naheem Hines are like the guys in this, in the recent uh, sort of NFL that sort of, personify the pass catching running backs and it's Cook kind of fits that that mold as well yes no it's it's your antonio gibson love that leads to your mckissick knowledge which is deeply rooted into hate because he steals from your guy no i understand <laughs> totally understand Hen- welcome to running back by committee everybody pat would you like to explain how it works please it will ruin your life and your team if you decide to go with one guy in every draft whatsoever amen especially if he's a commander or whatever, they're <laughs> or whatever they're calling them nowadays. God knows what it is. Whatever. You can keep making fun of me all you want. I'm going to just keep taking Antonio Gibson in the fourth round and loving every second of it. Hey, you know, he averaged 4.5 yards. Yeah, I don't care. He played like seven games. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he actually ended up with pretty good stats at the end of the season. But it's just one of them things where he did. Just, he finishes like the running back like 13 or something last year. 12. Outside of PPR. Yeah, well, remember, remember the Ron a, Rivera smoke an RB1. training camp. Oh, he's going to be, it's going to be, uh, he finished higher than our, Christian our, McCaffrey. He's going to be our Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Like, and who had more points yeah. last year? Oh, come on, he got hurt. <laughs> McCaffrey had more points in one season than half the goddamn players in the league. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. All right, whatever. All right, so I think that's it. That's going to wrap, uh, wrap up the second round. Uh, we've, we've, essentially gone through all of our first and second round rookies. Um, is there anybody else that you want to mention uh, that went later in the draft that you really like? Uh, just a quick shout out to somebody that you think may have some, you know, some potential fantasy value this season that, that we haven't talked about. Um, I, I mean, the, the, there's two Hills I'm dying on uh, tech. Oh God, you go first. I got, I got like three guys that I'm like, <laughs> Well, I, one of them I know who you're going to say, and I, and I agree with you. So I'll, I'll steal this one, and then you go can, for you it. Can That's go fine. To the next one, but one of them my... is Damian Pierce um, yes. with the Houston Texans. I think that you know there's there's a lot of guys in that running back room, but I think that at some point, if you drafted a guy in the third round, you might as well see what he's got. And I so I think at some point in the season, uh, unless a guy like Marlon Mack can come back and and be the you know the the thousand yard rusher that he that he was the, that one season, uh, and the and the Houston Texans are actually you know winning some games. If if it's 
the way that it was last year with Houston sort of trailing in a lot of games. I don't see how you don't put the rookie out there and and just let him get some reps and, and see what he's got. So I do think that maybe not tied to one of the better offenses in the league, but I think is going to have some opportunities later in the season. If you don't draft Damian Pierce, don't worry because he's probably going to be on the waiver wire in your leagues by like week three and you can just scoop him up then. So he's not a guy that I'm actively going after and drafting because I don't think he's going to get a ton of opportunity early in the season. I think that the Texans are going to try to win games and they're going to see where they're at. And I think if it gets to the point where they're like, Oh, and four or, you know, one in three or whatever the case is. And they're like, yeah, this is going downhill. I think you're going to start to see Pierce gradually get more and more involved in the offense. And, and to the point where, you know, by the end of the season could, could potentially, at, you know, be somewhere in that 12 to 15 carries with a couple targets range. So I do like him could have some fantasy value later this season. Yeah, no, I do. I do like him a lot. I think that he has the ability, like you said, you could have a legit return to the Mac. If Marlon Mack does come <laughs> back to be that guy who just, you know, again, Jonathan Taylor just beat him out. He had bad injuries and, and the Achilles and stuff like that. But yeah, and Taylor's incredible. So yeah, yeah, he's not bad. He beat out most guys. Bad. Not bad. Um, I, this to me is his make or break. You're knock on wood. I'm not rooting for anything negative. Um, yes, Damian Pierce, he's high on my list. I am a Jelani Woods <laughs> stan. Stan. I just, again, I, I was a Kyle Pitts guy, and I still am a Kyle Pitts guy. And just watching this guy be the size, the measurables that he had, like one of the greatest, like total scores composite scores for anybody ever in the history of like the draft and again that doesn't mean you're going to transition into being you know a a, a stud nfl player no no it doesn't doesn't mean that at all but i think he's kind of working himself into a a pretty good situation with the team right now he's he's slotted in with the colts as their third tight end albeit you know he's got a little bit of project around him yeah, I get that. Now, at the same time, he was taken in the third round, which, you know, that that's ahead of a lot of a lot of people. That's high for a tight end too. Like you don't see tight ends going well you know, unless you get those generational talents, like we were talking about with Pitts earlier. But yeah, tight ends in the second, third round—that's that's pretty high draft capital for a tight end. Patty was the second tight end taken overall. Your Trey mm -hmm. McBride that you just spoke on—he was taken. He was taken before Dolchich from UCLA. He was mm -hmm. another top guy. And then on the back end of that round, uh, Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State went to uh, the New York Jets. And I just feel like, you know, with his size, if he pans out to be what physically they think he is, which even if he's a, a, a potential guy, 6'7", 259. His hands are bigger than my body, nine point nine and a quarter inch hands. Like, come on. And he ran a four six. You know, that's fine. Like, that's a big boy. Like, and and if you have Matty Ice trying to get you involved in the NFL, I'm all about it. Like, to me, that sounds like a guy that really has the ability to develop. He may not be the greatest of all time. I'm not going that route. But with the athletic ability and even watching some of his tape, like, oh, my God. Like, if this guy can even be close to what he looked like in college, he's going to be a monster. Mm -hmm. um, my other guy that I really, really like, and I, I, I'm i just – I'm looking for that next guy, and, and I see what he is, is Kyle Phillips. He is on the 
Tennessee Titans right now, he's considered on like, you know, depth chart kind of guy. He's not officially there on their starting rotation, but uh, out of UCLA, he kind of fits that mold of the cup, the Renfro, just the possession body guy who, you know, nobody thinks he's really going to pan out. Nobody thinks he's really going to be the guy. And at the end of the day, he's a guy who could become that next player. You have a quarterback who in, in Tannehill, and mind you, you have a quarterback on that team in Malik Willis, who's not probably going to be the starter right away. You never know how things shake out. But at the end of the day, if let's say he builds a good enough rapport with whomever, whatever, he he definitely seems like a guy who could become that guy. Like I, I just really just he, he's not speed. He's not, you know, anything crazy. Uh, you know, he can do some punt returns and things like that. But he's one of those guys who could just find ways to get open. And, and that's what you have to do in the NFL. Like how many times do you see, Pat, we just talked about all these wide receivers in the first two rounds and they have the speed and the tw quick twitch. And like you said, there's so many that are a dime a dozen and they can't get open. If he's able to get separation, which I know some people feel like his burst is average, but you know, if, if he gets his footwork down and things like that, you know, he, he made Derek Stingley look pretty, pretty silly on a touchdown against LSU. So obviously the guy knows what he can do. Uh, he can get, off the line, that's huge, and and he has quick feet throughout his patterns. I, I think he's going to be a guy that really has a shot to maybe become that guy. Not right away, but you know, give him two or three years, and suddenly you might not have another Renfro, another another Cup. Uh, just got to get them pro hands up. That's it. A little one-two punch there with him and uh, Traylon Burks with the. Uh, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. And again, with, with Malik, Malik Willis, Willis, the quarterback, in a, yeah, in a year or two. Yeah, and then, you know, an aged Derrick Henry finally getting to his championship game. You know, that, that's a team. <laughs> that, coach had, that's, that coach knows what he's doing, too. He's just, I'll yeah. worry about the defense and just give me some reasonable offense. Yep. All right, well, we should probably get out of here. We're uh, taking up a, a lot of time. I don't want to make these things too long or nobody will want to listen. No, you got to get uh, in there and get that Slade jersey, folks. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's run down the rules to that again real quick just for anybody listening. So, again, just follow the show. Leave us a review. Send us a screenshot with your full name and your mailing address with the two screenshots, and that's it. That's all it takes to enter. We will uh, we will draw that the first week or the last week, I should say, of the preseason, first week of the NFL season, and, uh, and get that out to somebody. Anything else you got before we uh, sign off for the day? No, man, that's it. Uh, again, this has been fun going through the draft. Um, I know we're going to get into – well. The, the teams themselves are going to get into training camp shortly. We're going to start to do things like that, break down our rankings for position by position. We're going to go through that. We're going to get you ideas, and, and you're going to hear some news and some hype uh, coming out of camp. Injuries are going to play a factor, unfortunately. And then suddenly, again, some of these young rookies could be thrust into starting positions they weren't expecting to be in. Look at the situations they're in. You know, take a look at depth charts and things like that right now. It's all unofficial until things really get rolling come September. But uh, we're going to guide you through the summer. We'll, we'll get you through there. We'll help you read the tea leaves. Stick with us. Uh, we did help uh, a couple league winners last year. Follow, subscribe, like us. Uh, definitely give us a review. We're going to look to get you a Darius Slay jersey. And then in, in addition to that, down the road through the season, uh, we have something else up our sleeves for you as well. We're here for you here at the nine round. We'll we'll take you deep in your fantasy football league. All right, folks. Until next time, we're out. Peace.